Flipping properties is something that can make you quite wealthy if you know what you're doing and have the right people behind you. If you don't, it could be a financial and physical disaster. Today, we have an expert flipper to explain what you need to do to get started. You're listening to Real Estate Bright. Top experts talk about how to buy, sell, rent, and invest right. Your host is Sue Langder. Real Estate Right hits the head on the tough topics that real estate professionals sometimes avoid to tell you. We explore everything that buyers, sellers, renters, and investors need to know. Check out our library of podcasts to see how we can help you wherever you get your podcasts. Josh Summers is a young, successful renovator who flips properties for a living. He has the backing of people like Real Estate Rights' own Frank Volantic from Advantage Property Group, My Mortgage Freedom, and Imperitum Property to help him find the right property and the money he needs to make it happen. He has found a balance between investing in the property market without sacrificing lifestyle, which means he gets to enjoy life, travel, and spending time with his family. Welcome, Josh. How are you? Very well, thank you. (laughs) That's good. Um, Now, Josh Summers, you are a champion flipping property person. So how did you get into flipping property? Uh, I think I just got to that point um, that most people will reach uh, when they have to start considering their first property. Uh, all my friends around me were going out and buying their first house and they were mm-hmm. loading themselves up on mortgages and kind of it impacted their lifestyle a little bit. And it wasn't really a path that I wanted to go down personally. So I kind of uh, went down a different route. And as opposed to buying a home, I wanted to spend the next five to 10 years in. I started buying properties uh, that had a good investment potential and then started purchasing and renovating those. Awesome. So how old were you when you started doing that? Uh, I believe I was 26 when I bought my first property. Yeah. Yep. And uh, how many properties have you done so far? I've done four now and hopefully by the end of the week I'll have purchased another two. Oh, wow. Is that through our great friend, Frank? Did, are you buying? It has been. Yep. Yep. yep it has been. He's been um, a big part of my success. Yes. And uh, yeah, I do owe him a lot. Yep. I'm sure you do. Um, now, how does one flip a property? Um, well, like I said before, there's uh, when you're renovating a property, there's um, there's two different ways to go about it. Now, if you're renovating a house that you're going to spend a lot of time in and it might be your family home, then obviously you're probably going to capitalise a little bit more on to give it how you, um, like basically your own preference um, and how you want the place to be. But, Alternatively, renovating the property to flip it, yeah, the biggest trick that I've found doing mine is the art comes in not overcapitalizing. Yes. I mean, you don't want to spend a whole heap of money because at some point you're not really going to see enough of a return to cover that cost. So mm. that's kind of where the fine line comes between uh, you know, a investment-based renovation and renovating a, the family home. Yes. Yeah, you're, you're doing it at a, a certain level, aren't you? You're not... Um... You're doing it to your standards. You're doing it to consumer standards. 
Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Um, so what sort of return as a percentage are you looking for when you search for a property to flip? Well, because the properties I generally look at are sort of at the investment sort of level, they're not um, really expensive properties or at the higher end of the market. I kind of go, especially with all the government assistance there is these days, these days I go between that four, four to five hundred thousand uh, dollar mark. Yeah. Um, in terms of purchase point, mm-hmm. um, and then with that margin, being a carpenter, I can kind of capitalize on my own skills um, and save a lot of money. But the the margin I tend to work on if I do all my comparable comparable sales and I can't see myself increasing the value of a property by at least 150k. Yeah. Then it 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 wouldn't be worth my time. Yeah. So how many so how many months of, would you like invest in that in terms of time? Uh, usually, oh well, not usually. I always try to get them out quite quick because uh, the property as it sits there is you're kind of losing money by yeah. paying the bank interest yeah. um, and not getting a rental return. So there's a bit of a double edged sword. Mm. Um, during that renovation process. So I think I did one property and it took me around six weeks to renovate, oh, wow. uh, another one 10. Um, but then other ones have taken longer, but that they, I might have been staying at the property at the time. So yeah. I did it at a slower rate, but it wasn't really – I still had to be living somewhere. Yeah. So that, it depends on your situation, but the quicker you can get them out, then um, it's basically saving you more money. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. And yeah, so essentially from, from the time of settlement to the time you sell and settle the property after you've renovated it, it could be what, as little as three months? Um, well, usually I, I try to hold on a little bit longer. Like, um, like in terms of um, your capital gains and things like that, it's really beneficial to hold on them for at least a year yeah. uh, you can really get stung on the other end if you go and flip properties so quick I mean it's one thing to say that you only get taxed when you make money but you're basically handing over money if you can afford to hold you're better off yeah. holding for a, at least 12 months so after you renovate it do you then get somebody into rent it for a little bit yep, yeah yep, definitely yeah um and a, a big uh big help which I have found is um I use, use the guys at beat BMT quantity surveys and they um they come out they're really great to work with and get a report done after the renovations um and then in terms of your tax time yeah uh it's really beneficial to get, maximize your return so that's that's something I could highly recommend oh okay so it's just adding that it's like an added value extra that um they come out survey what you've done is that right and and then work out yep. your, I suppose, growth projection or what? Oh, or I don't know, that sort of stuff is like. Well, basically, what they do is they come out and they do a survey of um, what you've sort of increased and what you spent on the property, yeah. and then, as I'm sure a lot of your listeners know, it's the land that increases in value, yeah. whereas everything else in the house is deteriorating. So that's actually decreasing in value yeah. uh so you can depreciate everything that you've done on the property so they'll, they'll come out and they'll you know yeah quantify all those things and then you it's just to maximize your um your return at tax yeah. time you've got you've got a big claim against yeah so yeah essentially yeah I know, I know what you mean now yeah so it's all about the depreciation schedule isn't it 
know when it comes. Yep, definitely. Yep, sounds like a good thing to do. So what suburbs do you find are the best properties to flip? Oh, yeah, I've, I've moved around quite a bit. Yeah. It's, um, I've moved around quite a bit just in terms of lifestyle, but also the properties I've purchased have been from St Kilda to uh, Bentley, uh, Coupling Reservoir, yeah. uh, looking some in Essendon at this point. Um, so so they're in a sort of a, a, a 20K perimeter of the city. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, you can you can make money anywhere. I mean, yeah. I, uh, I used to go to a few property seminars and this one, a really interesting bit of information I got, if, if you bought basically anywhere over Victoria 20 years ago, yeah. your, your percentage of growth, no matter where you bought, would have been approximately the same. So it's more about getting your money in the market yeah. um, to a certain extent. But if you can buy something and buy below the median, then you'll go a long way towards uh, seeing a return on your money a lot quicker. So that's the key, to buy below the median price of the area at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Like with the um, the ripple effect, which is pretty accurate. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're buying something and, and the one down the road buy a similar similar dwelling and you've got it slightly cheaper, then ultimately your money will come up to meet that. That mark, yeah. Awesome. So in terms of renovations, what should be the bare basics we should do to flip a property? Um, there's a couple of things. Like obviously everyone talks about, you know, kitchens and bathrooms, selling houses, yeah. which I couldn't agree more with. But uh, things as simple as render and paint, they're just liquid gold. Yeah. Uh, you can modernise these old school homes, you know, they, these homes that no one else wants and you can make them look uh, modern really, really easily. So yeah. th- those sort of things I um, yeah, couldn't, I uh, couldn't recommend enough. I mean, I've used those on every single property and people, when they see the befores and afters, so they wouldn't even believe it's the same property. Yeah, And some of the old school, like 60s and 70s kind of units, um, some of those body corporates are now a bit more flexible. So if you wanted to render a unit in in one of those, you know, four or five unit blocks, um, you know, you basically start sending the trend for everybody else to do the same thing. Um, and yeah, that's okay. yeah, definitely. You know, um, like the the body corporates are quite um, not as strict as some of the the high rises or the you know, newer buildings, if you know what I mean. Yeah, of course. I think that's one thing I, I couldn't also um, recommend enough is just to maybe steer clear of you know those big complexes if you're looking for capital growth. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to see a good deal when there's a building going up next door for a cheaper price. It's mm-hmm. just uh, you're not going to make any margins in those so dealing with those smaller dwellings um and um maybe one to two uh, floors then a lot lot easier to deal with with those body corporates easier and modernized i mean you've got lower body corp fees um and also dealing with less people which means less people to oppose anything that you might want to change about the property yeah and even look at things like um the rate of owner occupancy versus uh tenancies and stuff like that because I know like I've lived in an older 70s style block of units it was only five and three of us who lived there were unoccupiers and and two of them were tenants so every time we wanted to do something body corporate wise um, we just have a you know barbecue in the middle of the driveway and you know that was our body corporate meeting and and the two investors were um, non-active and and so the three of us would make the decision that things had to be done 
Like it might be just, oh, let's fix a fence or let's do this. Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. But I, I have uh, pulled such a Swifty, whereas I was giving a proxy vote on um, for a motion and I, I voted to... Um, to have the landscaping redone using uh, the group funds and my uh, having the extra vote means the motion went through, which was fabulous because I wasn't wasn't far from selling. Yeah. What are some of the structural issues that make you decide that this is not the right property for you to flip? Um, I actually got this asked, this question just recently while I was uh, checking a a property in Mentone and there was a young couple there and uh, they seemed uh, quite new to the property game. And yeah. anyway, they asked me how I knew the, there was no structural damage. And well, ultimately, unless you get inside the, loop, the roof, you can't be too sure. Yeah. But uh, a couple of little tricks are if you can stand at the front of the property or any angle, you can see the roof line. If the roof line runs straight, usually you don't have any sinking of foundations. Yeah. Um, Another great one, obviously, looking for cracks in concrete or in the brickwork mm-hmm. uh, or even plaster inside the house can be some real telltale signs yeah. if there's any, any um, underlying issues. Mm. Um, other than those, without having a really good um, inspect like underneath the house or inside the roof, it's harder to see if there's any like other issues or stuff that's been patched and fixed. But I think most people do their due diligence these days and do get a full building report. Yeah. But those are those are the things that I do when I first check out a property, and if those check out, I think nine times out of ten you're going to be pretty safe. Pretty safe, yeah. Because like stylists these days have a good way of covering these things up, don't they? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, that crack in the floor or that crack in the wall is usually covered up by a rug yeah. or a painting. So. Yep. <laughs> Um, Now we're going to have a short break and come back with more from Josh Summers when we talk about some of the problems he has encountered when flipping property. You're listening to Real Estate Right and we are talking to successful property flipping expert Josh Summers and how people just like you can learn how to flip property just like Josh. So Josh, how often do you find that you need to do things like rewire, replumb, restump, etc.? Um, and how much can that eat into your budget? Um, things like restumping, um, if it, I came across a project where that had to be done. I'd be a little bit more tentative whether to take it on yeah. unless I knew there was a really strong margin that would cover it. Mm-hmm. Uh, to date, I haven't had to do that, um, thankfully. Yes. Uh, and things like the plumbing and um, rewiring. Uh, I wouldn't say I've had been forced to rewire, but um, every property I've done, I've upgraded lighting to down lights yeah. or move switches. So, there's been a lot of that done regardless, yeah. uh, just to modernise the home. So you might as well get the whole lot done, yeah? You know, um, Not necessarily. I mean, all the properties I've done uh, have been probably 80s and after, so they're not okay. in too bad a condition anyway. Yeah. If you're looking at older ones, obviously, you, you could come across a lot more issues. But yeah. uh, on every property I've done, I've redone kitchens and redone bathrooms. So I guess you could say they were they were always going to get redone. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't it wasn't an added cost. Uh, though it was just required to modernise the home. So um, I haven't had any problems which I wasn't aware of beforehand. So there was nothing that was 
uh, a huge shock in the budget. Mm. So thankfully enough, I think maybe coming from a trade background, I've probably avoided a few of those issues. Yeah, which is good. Um, so generally a restumping would cost like sort of between six and 10 grand, depending on how big the house is, wouldn't it? Yeah, most definitely. It's just yeah. completely dependent on um, you know how many stumps and how big the house is yeah. and things like that. Yeah. So, and then on top of the restumping, you know, you, working from the ground up. So, essentially, it's stuffed up your plaster. It's stuffed up your yeah. Well, the it, things. It, so yeah. Redoing floors, redoing walls. Yeah. Uh, redoing plaster. Um, yeah, it's a big headache. What else are you going to find inside the walls if you're pulling everything apart? Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's not just the restumping. It's yeah. Um, now, what are some of your key recommendations you should do before you buy a property to flip? So we've talked about the fact that you know you do your due diligence, do you, you know you get your building inspection in, um, and you keep it under the median sale price. Anything else we should be looking at? Um. Yeah, most definitely. I think it's worth uh, having a really good look around the neighbourhood. Um, you know, things like schools, railway, uh, even just a certain vibe of the neighbourhood is important. I mean, like if it's if it's an area and you drive around the corner and, you know, not that there's anything wrong with it, but it, it could be a, a commission house just around the corner, yeah. uh, which, you know, could impact you on sale date um, that you weren't aware of beforehand. Yeah. Um, oh, obviously, you want to do not just your due diligence, but like have a lot, a really good look around, a lot of comparable sales, mm. um, everything that's going on in the area or even in the surrounding suburbs. Yeah. Because as we spoke about before about that uh, ripple effect, if you can find a property pretty much identical to yours and it's sold very, very strong in one suburb, suburb over, yeah. if you give it a couple of years, there's a good chance you'll achieve a similar, similar result. Mm. One of the biggest parts of, you know, taking on um, – you know, renovations and sort of going down that uh, line of investing in the property market is having a really strong team around you. Now, we spoke before that um, my mentor and a bloke who I have bought several properties through is Frank Lentig from Advantage Property. So I, I do owe a lot of my success to him. Yes. Um, not only that, um, you know, you can walk into a bank and apply for a loan mm-hmm. and get one, of course, but you go into the shop next door and go to a mortgage broker and you can probably achieve an even better result, funny enough, just by getting someone else to do the paperwork for you. So uh, I I use the guys at My Mortgage Freedom. They've handled all my loans and they're a pleasure to deal with also. Yeah. Um, Who else should I think? Uh, Dora from 2D Conveyancing. She's absolutely fabulous. I've been through uh, three other conveyances until I came across Dora and she's just fabulous. So I don't think I'll be changing out on that anytime soon. Yeah. Yes, yes, um, it's a great. It's great to have a, a good team of of professionals, but in the the paperwork department around you as well as trades, isn't it? Oh, it's important. Very, very important if you're going to be doing multiple properties, like we said before. If it's just a family home, you probably don't have to stress too much about all these things. Yeah. Um, but if you're going to do do more than one and continue to do it, making the process really seamless is very important um, in terms of not just getting it done and maximizing any results but making it enjoyable as well mm. another key point yep i used to go as i mentioned to a few seminars and this one speaker told me this one time and i thought it was just brilliant the way he uh delivered it and it's have the really good accountant behind you yeah. now most people use accountant they spend all year 
uh, you know, making mistakes or doing certain things wrong. And they come into their accountant at the end of the financial year, say, listen, I've done all these things wrong. What can you do for me? Yeah. And now his belief was what you should do is you see your accountant at the start of the year and say, listen, this is what I want to do. Yeah. What's the best way to go about it? And I actually thought that was a really, really brilliant way of looking at it. So I, before I do any purchases or make any decisions financially, I actually go speak to my accountant yep. uh, before I do any of that. Yeah, because he knows what you, where your tax level's at and all that sort of stuff and, and how to maximise what you need. So, yeah, sounds like good advice. Um, so talking about finances and all that sort of stuff on the, that side of it, what financial concerns should you have when you're flipping a property? Like, obviously tax issues, unforeseeable costs, agents' fees, like it all adds up, doesn't it? Oh, yes, it all adds up. And I think that's it's very important to sit down at the start and work out, you know, roughly what you want to spend, what your budget is, but then put in all these other factors as well. I mean, are you going to be paying lenders, mortgage insurance? Should should you save a little bit longer and get your 20% deposit? Uh, is that money better off staying in your account anyway for renovation costs? Um, there's all things that are very circumstantial, but, you know, in capital gains is, you know, the biggest hit you can take. You, you, I mean, you do only ta- uh, pay tax when you're making money, but anything you can avoid um, is better off in your pocket than someone else's. Yeah. So. so, you know, when you said at the start that, you know, you like to make at least a minimum of $150,000 on your flips. Um, Yep. How much of that 150 would go to, for instance, your agent's fees and your tax bill and all that stuff? Would it be excessive? Or like, would it be half or would it be? Um, well, again, it's all pending um, what your profit margin is yeah. and what the price of the property is. It could be all very subjective on what you first buy the property for and then what you sell it for. Yeah. So it's a bit hard to put an actual figure on it. Um, but I think the... I think the worst margin I ever made was around $60,000 for profit and yeah. profit for 12 months. Okay. And I think the best from memory, the best I did was 130 grand for 12 months. Yeah. So you it, can't the, sneeze at that. The, the, the turnovers are quite weight, um, quite good, especially considering I do maintain a full-time job outside of my property. Yeah. Um, property. So it's money you never had at the end of the year. So if you, as long as you can turn a profit and it, it validifies all the time you put in there, then, then it's worth why it. not? 100%. Yeah. And that's that's assuming that you're selling one property a year, not, you know, like you said, you might be buying two properties in the next few weeks. Well, that, yeah, that's it. I, then, I just sold two, two last November. So. Yes. In, and that's the thing. You sort of put that money towards the next one, don't you, each time. That's, that's how you flip and become more successful because you go from one, you might do one, 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 then you start going to two, 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 and then you go three, three, yeah, three definitely, a year. Definitely, definitely. That's the, um, that's the effect. The biggest issue I'm having at the moment is um, while earning a good wage and being quite successful so far, it's it's still hard to get to that point while you have the, have the cash for multiple properties. Um, yeah. You've still got to get the loan from the bank and, that's where the that's where the issue comes down. So cash is king, and banks don't make it easy. Yeah, cash <laughs> is king, and sometimes you've just got to uh, slow down a little bit and just get a little bit more in the bank, and then before you can take those bigger steps forward. Thank you so much, Josh, for coming and helping our listeners get on the right track when it comes to flipping property. Hope you enjoyed your time on Real Estate Right. I certainly did. Thank you very much for having me. 
That's okay. Thank you. Now, next week we have Bill Pasto, who's a building inspector from Jim's Building Inspections, coming on to talk to us about the importance of the pre-purchase building inspection, which Josh has just talked about. So, so many people buy a house without having the once over, and I know I've been guilty of it. And, you know, sometimes you have a little bit of regret with that. So now I know better. So don't miss that episode. See you then. Real Estate Right is a real copyright production hosted and produced by me, Sue Langada. I would like to thank Podbean for hosting our podcast, Premium Beat for our theme music and Francis Morello for his voiceover. Real Copyright is a leading real estate copywriting service throughout Melbourne. If you would like your property copywritten by Real Copyright, please book your copy through orders at realcopyright.com.au. If you would like us to help create more valuable real estate information for the people of Melbourne in this podcast, contact sue at realestateright.com.au. Thanks for listening to Real Estate Right.